Hey everyone, this is Pastor Pete coming to you from my office. Uh, today I just want to bring up a passage in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Uh, the passage we probably know, it's rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And I think for the most of us, we probably know what that means. Uh, but we're going to take a look at what this passage is really about and emphasize how can we have a godly mindset and a a joy? How can we really rejoice always, even in times of uncertainty and unrest like today, where we don't know what's going to be happening uh, with us, our health, our jobs, our economy, our country? Uh, so how can we rejoice in those times? Well, let's take a look at what the Bible has to say. Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever, or if there is anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's take a look at what Paul starts off with. First, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Well, how could Paul issue that command? I mean, you think about Paul's life and everything that he goes through. How is it that he maintains a spirit of joyfulness? Or how is it that he actually lives this out? Rejoice in the Lord always? You're telling me, Paul, every moment of your life, you're rejoicing in God? Even the times the people were trying to stone you, whip you, beat you, throw you in prison, kill you? I mean, how did Paul have this mindset? Well, uh, he expands upon that in the rest of this passage. So he first says, let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known to everyone. That is simply this. It's, we're supposed to be gentle or reasonable in our reactions. When life throws something at us, how is it that we react? Do we fly off the handle? Do we just go by straight emotion? Do we think it through? Do we ask good questions? The idea is simply we ask ourselves, how does Jesus Christ want me to respond in this situation? Or we ask, how does God want me to handle this? What does he want me to think about? And in fact, Paul goes on about that. He says, look, the Lord is at hand. He brings this whole thing back to, hey, Christ is coming again. Remember that. Don't forget it because it's important. See, it draws the reader's mind back to the promise that God has a plan, that he's in control, and nothing is going to shake that. It's one reason I think Paul could actually have a mindset of joy the entire time, because he knew that everything was in God's hands. God already knew about these things, and he was going to take care of Paul. Well, Paul continues to go on. He says, look, hey, uh, notice that even, uh, even, oh no, The next thing we see here is Paul still wants us to express our prayers and thankfulness to God. Even though we know God is in control and that he's taking care of everything, Paul still says pray. So while we're stuck at home, it's actually important to talk to God 
and express our fears and anxieties to him, but to also trust and put our faith that he will handle those things. So we could talk to him on a regular basis. We could talk to him about what we fear. I think that's probably a key part of Paul's life is he was in regular conversation or communication with God because he knew he needed to be dependent on Christ and the strength that he could have from God himself. So notice that Paul ends this with, hey, if you do this, if you pray and make your requests known to God, what does he say the result is? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all of our knowledge, all of our uh, ideas, comprehensions, it says this peace that surpasses all of that will guard our hearts and our minds from Christ Jesus. The idea is our hearts are our emotions and our will. The, the idea is that it'll keep us from flying off the edges. Our minds are from getting distracted. One of the main things that happens in depression is you tend to isolate yourself. And to be fair, isolation can also cause depression. Well, why is that? Because when you're alone with your own thoughts, sometimes they distract you and take you into a negative or a bad position. Well, here he's saying, look, if you continue to pray, if you continue to talk to God about what's going on, and you continue to rejoice in God, what's going to happen? The peace of God will guard you from these things. He's going to guard you from flying off the ends of the earth uh, one direction or the another. You know, complete isolation or just going outside and doing something stupid. The idea is, no, God is going to help us think clearly about what we are doing. The next thing here uh, Paul says is, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise, think on these things. Meditate on them. Let them run through your mind regularly. Now, I really like how Roger Ellsworth puts this in his book, Opening Up Philippians. It's a commentary I use every now and then. He states it this way. The book of Proverbs says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. In keeping with that thought, Paul suggests to his readers a divine type of programming that will ensure their peace. He calls upon them to think about the true, those things that correspond to the teachings of God's word, the noble, those things that have dignity of moral excellence, the just, those things that conform to God's standards, the pure, those things that are free from the taint of sin, the lovely, those virtues that make believers attractive and winsome, such as generosity, kindness, compassion, and willingness to forgive. The things of good report. It says here, the, uh, the things that give Christians a good reputation and a good name. And he, he sums it up with this. Paul sums it all up by telling his readers to meditate on anything of virtue and anything worthy of praise. I mean, you think about that, that gives us a ton of things to think about. If you're married, you could be thinking about how God has provided you a spouse, how you're not in this alone. If you have kids, you can think about the wonderful gift God has given you there. If you have a home, think about the wonderful home that you're currently in, probably isolating yourself or at least quarantining yourself for some time. Uh, you can think about your health, your current situation, the fact that you have a place to go online and find teachings about God's word. There's a lot that we can be thankful for. And it's by setting our mind on these things 
that God will protect us and that God will guide us through these tough times. And it's how we keep our mind in a state of joyfulness or how we are able to rejoice always at all times. It's about a mindset, what we are thinking about. So that's my encouragement to you today. I know that being at home uh, can make for some stir-crazy times, uh, but I really want to encourage you to continue to guide your thinking, get into God's Word, pray, talk with God on a regular basis, continue to read books, continue to look up videos and uh, music online, or if, if you're listening to music at home, that's great. Uh, make the time you have here worthwhile, uh, and make sure that you take some time, like I said, to pray and reflect on these things. And talk with God about, hey, has my mind been where I need to be? Am I really able to rejoice always?